Hey everyone, we are back for another exciting season of exciting rehearsals. This week we are all about band in December. Our guest clinician is the Kevin Wellborn, who is the assistant band director of the University of Alabama Marching Band. So from holiday parades to college band to this thing called Mummers, we have the news and stories you and your staff will be talking about. We will also find out what made Stephanie say. <laughs> it's on my television right now. So if I look over this screen, that's what I'm looking at. And what made Ashley say. There's been 10 Pirates of the Caribbean movies and they've come out every year. You haven't seen them? <laughs> All this and more. So get out on the field and we will see you back on the sidelines for this week's episode of On a Water Break. Eight off the mat and go. Welcome to On a Water Break. Welcome to another episode of season two of On a Water Break, the podcast where we talk about everything you and your friends are talking about at rehearsal on a water break. I'm Jackie Brown. Well, it is mid-December, and while some of us are fully into winter guard and winter percussion, some people are still doing marching band, or at least a marching band-related activity. Well, we have some great guests and hosts to talk about it this week, so let's see who's on the sideline. Hey, Steven! What's up, Jackie? How you doing? I so much better than yesterday. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> For yeah, Jackie was dying yesterday. I am pretty sure I was, and it literally came out of nowhere. So I am so glad to be back at it today, though. So, uh, Ashley. Hey, it's been a while since I've been on, so I'm so excited to be back. Glad to have you back. And Stephanie Click. Hello, how are you? Happy Good. holidays. Happy December. You too. I feel like I haven't seen you on here in forever either. I know. I know. I did um, an episode right after Grand Nationals, um, Cindy and I, and then went full into like just getting through the semester mode. And luckily tomorrow is my last day of school. Oh, yay. Mine was today. So yay. I oh, granted lucky. Like, put in <laughs> grades and stuff. So I don't really consider yes. that the end, but I'm yes. technically done. <laughs> <laughs> Before we get to our guest host, Stephen, why don't you introduce our new hosting team member? Yes, Jackie, I'm very excited about this. This was a big surprise to me this week to, to, to get the news. Our new host, his name is Woody or Bill Woodward. Um, but Woody, uh, why don't you introduce yourself? How are you doing, man? Oh, I'm doing okay. I was surprised to see you too, Steve. I know. It's like, wow, oh, this is great. We're going to have Woody on the calls. This is, I'm super excited about this. Um, but Woody, on our show, what we always do, uh, whether we're going to talk to someone for two minutes or we're going to talk to them, you know, every week, uh, the first time we meet someone, we do their 32 count life story, which will give you about 30 seconds to catch the whole audience up to speed on your whole life. Can you do that for us? Uh, I can give it a shot. <laughs> cool. You're going to get eight and in from the Met. Hello, everyone. I'm Bill Woodward uh, from Philadelphia. Uh, I now reside in the state of New Jersey. I moved here for love. Let's see here. I've been a musician pretty much my whole entire life. I discovered drum corps in middle school. Uh, my 
my middle school teacher gave it to us. And then uh, I've been in it ever since. Yeah, there you go. There was actually a little more. Bar. You had one more bar. You could have. It's a. It's a little. Oh, well, uh, I'll. I'll reset. <laughs> no, we're gonna have plenty more opportunities to learn. <laughs> learn what you've been up to. Um, yeah, no, it's it's awesome to have you on this show, man. You uh, you've you've done a lot of different band around right in my neck of the woods. Same same area up here in Philly and. I myself might even find myself moving to New Jersey for love. Seems to be that's the way it goes. <laughs> no <laughs> but, other uh, reason to move here. Exactly. I agree. <laughs> uh, uh, but awesome. Great to have you on the show, man. Um, I mentioned earlier that this whole mummers thing is happening. And granted, we did an episode. We did like two episodes, I think, last year just about the mummery, mummers and what it is and the mummery <laughs> yes, is that the exactly. plural form <laughs> the mummery of it all <laughs> do you guys want to kind of like dive into like a little bit of an explanation i am not from the area so it's a lot to take in it's an excuse to drink beer and play the banjo on the street in the cold yeah it's that, that basically sums it up that <laughs> is what it, it is <laughs> and it's 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 one of a kind I've never seen it anywhere but here. Um, for those that don't know, if I'll give you the crash course in mumming, um, essentially it's it's a much like a regular band show, except it is the most outlandish and eccentric costumes you could you could imagine. And you're probably still not like envisioning something outlandish enough. Uh, you're like zooted up in like a sumo suit, almost a little more angular than a. Uh, than a real sumo suit but all these different tassels sequins um lots of different vibrant colors um then we have a band it's all composed of a lot of different wind instruments as well as uh, a bunch of different banjo and other string instruments and then a little bit of percussion of a uh, percussion too but altogether, you get this kind of unique sound it's a mummer string band sound and and they do shows just like we're all kind of familiar with in marching band but Woody, how would you maybe contrast or what are some standout differences from Mummers to regular band? I think the first thing I, I, I see with the Mummers is the, the uniform, the costume stuff is just, it is definitely over the top. And the money that's flowing around there, if you teach any of the kind of, you know, the the groups that we teach in the market, <laughs> oh my goodness gracious. Well, you're, you're right. There is a good bit of money flowing around, but uh, it's because they got a, a little access to different resources than your high school marching band might have had. Pretty much all of these ensembles have clubhouses, which are bars with big open rooms above that they can rent out. But they uh, they have a lot more money than you might expect in a regular marching band, at least to put on their production for the short time period of, of year they do it. There's only one competition, and it's just one and done, one day on one parade. So they get to put a lot of resources. They invest a lot of time into it as well. Um, there's certainly at the heart of it a little bit of a drinking culture. Um it would be uh, sugarcoating what? it to in deny band? it, but oh. drinking in band. Oh, Jackie, right. by comparison <laughs> to the mummers, there is no drinking in band. <laughs> they, they pregame. 
Yeah, they pregame rehearsal. They pregame big time. Just remember, in heaven there is no beer. That's why we drink it here. That's what. It, That's one of their songs. They say that on Two Street. I'm sure they do. <laughs> I used to uh, play when I was in high school. They would always come and hire us to play drums for the fancies. So, oh, okay, right. So that's a whole another aspect of it too that I wasn't even—I wasn't even thinking that way. Wasn't yet. even thinking about it. There's all these different. They call them like different brigades, and it's essentially like different uh, types of competing ensembles. And at some at some level, ensemble becomes a very very loosely defined <laughs> term. <laughs> There's a. Do you know anything about the Wench Brigades, Woody? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, because yes. I only I only kind of vaguely know, but I feel like it's worth <laughs> it giving worth them their due as well. <laughs> yes, it's, and you know it's it, just the different little factions. I guess you know, like we have different different parts of the season, different types of seasons. They put it all together in one big parade, and they just have different. It is. It's a one-stop shop. This parade. There's every yeah, you, everything you could imagine goes on in there. Um, you miss it. You miss it, right? <laughs> yeah, and uh, it's all televised too. Uh, at least I'm pretty sure in the Philly area they have a live stream and it's televised. Well, uh, before we so get to see uh, all started those. recording, Stephanie was actually talking about getting to watch it all the way from Texas. Really? That's right. I can't remember how we first learned about it. My husband is obviously in this activity as well. And we found a TV station in Philly that does a live stream, video live stream. And so we piped it through Apple TV or whatever we had at that point. Um, and we, it is on our calendar. We watch it every single year without fail. <laughs> and if the stream goes down, we are panicked and we reset the whole thing. <laughs> like we don't want to, we, from morning through night, we do not leave. <laughs> it's great. It's really awesome. If you haven't checked it out, anybody listening, you really have to find those TV stations that do the live stream and log on. It is so worth your time. It's entertaining. Look, to say the least, they put on an entertaining show. It's not usually supposed to be like real heady or anything mm -hmm. like that. Like we're out there having a blast. It's a good time. Um, I and love families, to think there's like little kids all the way up oh, to yeah. like oh, grandpa's. it's a big family event. Like yes. yeah, huge. Big yeah, time. You get bored be... through the mummers. Mm -hmm. Right. There'll be kids who have been, you know, they're 20 now and their mom and dad have been doing it. That's how they met and they never stopped. Wow, that's <laughs> um, awesome. And now they do it with their kids. Like, uh, that's not even that uncommon. Hmm. What you also don't see on the television is that that parade starts about six in the morning. And it's cold. Oh my gosh. And it, it ends, what, like seven, eight o'clock that night? E I, you know. I can't even really remember because we went on earlier in the day and uh, the rest of it was a little bit of a blur. <laughs> <laughs> the um, other thing about the It had the to be somewhere show, around there. Though. <laughs> <laughs> that I love when we're watching the parade part is 
you know, it kind of ends always with a big bang. You know, everybody loves the confetti in Dayton. Well, mm-hmm. the, the mummers. Lots of confetti. Let me tell you, they got the confetti. If you're a confetti oh, yeah. kind of person, this is your this is your jam right here. But then there's somebody that comes out with a leaf blower and like clears the clears the street. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is. It is just. It is a production. I'm. I am. I'm such a fan. I should. I, we should go watch it it live one one year oh you should make that. the trip up it's yeah, it's different sure. in person for sure mm-hmm. the uh, i bet that's all philly awesome. philly has an energy <laughs> you know people don't go to parades anymore or you know it's kind of sparse on the side not the, not mum- the mummers <laughs> it is deep. the crowds are deep i bet i bet yeah and, you know, i know i keep referring to the booze part of it all but Believe it or not, it is a very large part of what that parade is. Yeah. It's the uh, after party for New Year's. Yes. Yeah. It makes sense when you think of it that way. Yeah. It's the party continuing on into the next day. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. That makes more sense. I was like, man, if this, the Thanksgiving Day parade is not that early (laughs) and. People are not out there like that. That would be so much more funny. Could you imagine if it was just like the March 5th parade or something? Like the mummers for no reason. (laughs) Philly shows up and gets hammered. (laughs) Well, just for our listeners who are like interested in watching this, I just got a text from our producer and it says that Last starting last year, the parade was broadcast on WDPN TV, which is also called Me TV 2. Or you could stream it on WFMZ if you're wanting to watch it, which I'm, I'm like, especially after like the pod episodes that we've done about it and just hearing you guys talk about it. I'm like, right. I, I want to see this. I want to see this craziness. Yep. That's right. <laughs> it's, it's craziness for sure. You should check it out. Uh, and if, right. uh, well, to our listeners, to- if you haven't checked out our old episodes regarding the mummers, you should go back. We have one or two good episodes from... Uh, Around this time, December of uh, 2022, some good interviews with uh, directors and members that you'd probably enjoy. All right, it's time for our Gush and Goes. Great job, everyone. Set your equipment down. Gush and go. I'm still getting used to the new sounds. (laughs) I know these new sounds are just, I love it so much. Steven, why don't you start us off? It's the early season at United, and... uh, I'm still I'm not giving any any details. I bet Woody's got the ears open listening for some behind the scenes details. But uh, it's just been cool for me getting to really work with some students who are they're like itching to get good. You know, like they've really worked their whole career to get up to a world class ensemble. And I'm excited to have the opportunity to like teach students that are that passionate. So that's what's kind of been cool for me the last week or two. Ashley, what do you want to gush about? Um, I think I'm going to gush and go on about the fact that my high school is having its first ever indoor program with Color Guard and Winds, so that's really exciting. Um, They used to do it through the county, but that kind of like fizzled out after COVID. Mm. But yeah, so it's the first time I'm like designing an indoor show, so that's a whole journey in and of itself, so... Good but luck. Oh, fun. man, that'll be fun. It's a great... We're having a good time. <laughs> nice. Congrats. Thank you. Stephanie, what do you want to gush about? So one of my absolute favorite things to do is recruit. I love I loved the whole recruiting process, and I got to visit 
Uh, both of the junior highs that feed into the high school where I teach, I got to visit them during lunches this week and do some recruiting and talk about color guard and what's more fun than trying to get new kids interested in guard, especially at that young, young age. And it was so much fun. So much fun. I, I love it. Getting the, the kids first started and getting them excited about it and seeing like, I mean, the, it opens a world of possibilities for them oh, and does. for you for, to have new kids. It's oh, that's so great. It is. It's so much fun. Yeah. And it's nice you guys get started so early too. That's, that's really right. uh, fortunate. Yeah, yeah, it is. We're very, very lucky. Super um, supportive, just admin team and band directors and all of that. And, and it is, it's just, it's, it's a perfect storm here, but I know how lucky I am to have that. <laughs> so Woody, you've seen kind of how we, we gush and go on our show. What would you like to gush and go on about today? It's funny that uh, Stephanie is into uh, the young people. For those who don't know, I am the uh, founding father of a United Percussion. Now that the younger guys are taking over, it's, it's very cool to see that all go. But my new passion now is working with programs that need help. There are a lot of programs mm -hmm. where at one time the player was the best player in a band. Now they're actually out on the street trying to do the activity and they don't know enough about it. Right. Mm -hmm. Someone someone needs to help with that. So I've been uh, working with underprivileged programs a lot more. I, it's so much fun. And I also <laughs> have been working with a program in Philadelphia for Settlement Music, which is the biggest music school in the city. And we teach uh, a drum program two days a week, an hour, hour a day. So rewarding because these kids off the street, they don't know anything about what you're teaching them and they end up doing it. You know, uh, lots of fun. That's my new thing. And that is my, I guess, my new crusade. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's uh, a good one. That's a great one. The music school in Philly is something I'm definitely going to want to hear some more about as time goes on. Um, but it's cool to hear that you're like a kind of teaching the teachers a little bit and kind of like spreading out your impact among a wider group of, uh, of people because you have a lot of great experience. So it goes a long way. But, you know, I, I judge a lot uh, during the fall and you listen to people come in and the questions they ask or the, the things they're upset about is truly because they don't, they don't know the activity. Yep. You know, they, they know the surface of it, but they really don't understand it. And you can't fault them. I mean, you know, it's, no one's taking them underneath their wing. And uh, I just feel like that's something I want to do because someone did it for me. That's awesome, man. That's a uh, really good thing to be doing. And uh sounds like an interesting way to, like, still keep it fresh, too, as, as you've done a lot of seasons. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you would think you would enjoy during the big teams, like the United, but you know, like the joy was gone. Like, mm -hmm. well, it's such a different game as you work your way up. Like the rules are different and it, the, the game changes and, and it's kind of like the, the things that maybe brought you joy aren't the same anymore. And when you get back to those roots and you get back to working with those younger instructors and, and showing them the ropes 
like that kind of brings it back too. It kind of reignites that spark. And you know, you don't, it's, it's with the younger people, you see the movement with the, with the more experienced groups, they walk in the door, they, they, you know, the movement is there, but it's very small. Not like young kids. Oh my goodness. They all threw it up and caught it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and you leave the room and you're happy because they right. all caught it. Yeah. Totally different. Yeah. I need to gush a little bit. Speaking of young groups, uh, there is a group that I ha- has been, the school has been a fall choreography client of mine for many years now, and they have won a lot of awards. And uh, I don't necessarily want to name them yet, just in case this falls through for some reason, but I'm hoping it doesn't because I just heard from their instructor and they want to start a winter guard for this first time this year. So we're kind of getting some things lined out with that. And uh, like I said, I've been teaching, I've been, I've been writing their choreography for a long time. And and this is a group that's come to a lot of Spintronics camps. And so I've had a lot of touch uh, of, you know, touching with their program and, and sort of, uh, I just, it's a really huge step for them to be doing this. So I'm very, very excited about that. And I've literally been like, like she messaged me this morning and I've just been thinking about it all day because (laughs) it's such a big step for them. And and I'm very excited to kind of, you know, help them get into that direction. And that is so important. Like we seriously need a whole episode that's just about like, like how to make it in this activity, because I think there's, there's no, there's no guide. There's, there's so there's, we need, people need to guide each other and help each other and like take the newbies under their wing, like you said. And seriously, I could go a whole episode about that. And (laughs) we probably should. We'll have yeah, to uh, keep that one in the box. Save That's it right. Somebody text Jeremy. Let's put that on the docket. That's right. Special <laughs> episode. That would be a cool episode. Yeah. I'm down it's for that one. Gush and go. Not gush and stay. Let's go. We got outro music too. Let's go. <laughs> yes. No gushing okay. and staying. We got to get back to rehearsal. <laughs> Okay, everybody, let's go help the mummers get the feathers and sequins on the back pieces for New Year's Day. But stick around because on the next water break, Trevor and Steven are going to have the assistant band director for the University of Alabama over here on the sideline. Then all of us will be back for the news and some more holiday band talk. Okay. Hey, this is Christine Ream and Chris Green. Guard Closet was founded as a consignment business in 2000. Since then, it has grown to include winter guard, band, percussion, and other genres. We can help you with custom flag and costuming designs. Our consignment inventory has plenty of great looks for your color guard, drumline, and marching band. Pay it forward. When you purchase consignment, you help other programs. Last year, we sold over 400 sets of consignments and returned over $125,000 in payments to our consigners for their sales. Additionally, Guard Closet offers custom and pre-designed costumes, flags, floors, and formal wear, full or partial show writing, educational programming, and other services. 
Max out your rehearsal time and set up a microsite for easy student ordering for shoes, gloves, and other equipment. The Guard Closet team is here to help you get everything you want and need for your season. Check us out at guardcloset.com and follow us on social media. All right, everyone, we are back here at rehearsal. I've got Trevor Bailey with me here. Trevor, how are you doing, man? I'm doing great. Living the dream. Nice to see you again, Stephen. Nice to see you. And we are joined by Kevin Wellborn. Kevin, I believe you are the band director at the University of Alabama, correct? Uh, yeah, I'm one of them. I'm the associate director of bands here. Associate director of bands. Great. So the way we like to kick off meeting uh, new guests in this show is something we call our 32 count life story. Uh, so I'll give you eight and in from the Met. And then you'll have about eight bars. It's like 30 seconds just to catch our whole audience up to speed on everything that you think is important about you. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Let's, uh, let's get in it. All right, I'm from originally from Mississippi, um, Laurel, Mississippi, and went to University of Southern Mississippi. Got two degrees from there. Taught in Texas for a while. Started doing drum corps, march drum corps, and percussionists. Okay. Taught, uh, troopers, Cavaliers. Currently at Blue Coats, helping out Academy as well this year. Um, went to the University of Alabama to be um, the third slash fourth director a while back. Got a mm -hmm. job at Avon High School as the director of bands, and then the associate director position came up back at Alabama and here I am. Wow, yeah, that's a lot to cram into 32 counts there. <laughs> yeah, you needless to say. You nailed it. You nailed it. Bravo. That's that's cool. I uh, I was unaware of your drum corps background. Well definitely I'll want to circle back to that near the end. But something that I think is interesting out the gate is working with the University of Alabama going into this college football playoff season. I Never got the opportunity to go that far with it. Penn State got to go to some good bowl games. Sure. Yeah. But what's it like for the band as you guys get ready for the playoffs? It's a pretty exciting time right now. It's actually uh, the, the way that you have to plan for these things is, is unique because this is finals week for us. So everybody's mm -hmm. kind of on their way out to their respective right. states, possibly countries. And we're currently planning to go to Pasadena for not only the game, but obviously, as everyone knows, the parade. Um, so trying to schedule a rehearsal before we leave um, in late December. Um, and, and we've already done a lot of this, but I'm kind of sending information out to the students and then receiving information back from them of who is where and who has a plan on meeting us there versus being here for the rehearsal. Um, right. And usually you have about a handful. I think right now we have nine or 10 people that are going to meet us there. They'll miss our rehearsal here. Um, so uh, we'll get over to Pasadena. Um, we will rehearse over there as well. Um, hopefully a little bit of fun. Um, so maybe some Disneyland <laughs> stuff like that. Um, and then and, and then hopefully a, a lot of fun with the parade and if, if no one's ever done that parade before, the parade is you wake up really early that morning, not as early as the Macy's parade, but pretty early. Mm -hmm. um, and then it's a six mile parade when all is said and done. And the ball game is that afternoon. So it's all crowded oh. in the same day. Yeah. yeah, that's a long day with a lot yeah. of work in it. Yeah. 
I feel like the only way I could do it is if I was about to go to the college football playoffs and I was that exactly. excited. I think that's probably <laughs> going to mask a lot of the, uh, uh, the, the, the maybe pains of, of a six-mile parade, but the parade in and of itself is going to be great as well. So we're excited. All right. So, uh, Kevin, like we, we've already talked about, you know, preparations for the parade. How are the students responding to, like, being in the playoff and, you know, they get to go on a plane and go to California and march in this historic, you know, parade and and take part in, you know, a, just a really, you know, historic, you know, football game. How, how are the students responding to it? Can you kind of tell us what the re- reaction was to making it to the playoff as band members? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It, it, we all learned at the exact same time, the same time that the team learned and the, the country learned. It was on that, um, that Sunday morning after um, – well, morning for us is around 11-something after the SEC championship. And we use Slack to talk to all of the students. And um, I don't remember. I think I might have been the first one to post Let's Go as soon as I found out with just a million <laughs> exclamation points. And it just, it lit up immediately with reactions. Yeah, and probably a million different emojis, yeah, right? <laughs> it, it, was, it was incredible. We didn't know what to think. Um, I think we absolutely deserve to be in it. Um, but uh, we didn't know how that was all going to play out. So everybody's really, really excited. Um, we, obviously, kind of dovetailing into your uh, your dead week and into your finals week, they have a lot of other priorities at, at, at hand after that SEC championship. But just the sheer fact of knowing that we're going to go, they're excited. As you can imagine, as from a band director perspective, a million questions started coming in before we even had answers ourselves. But yeah, that Monday morning, I mean, site visits to California um, already have started. Um, site visits to Houston, should we win that game, um, which would be the, you know, we would get back and four days later, we would roll out to Houston. Um, so wow. you're, you're having to plan for both of those um, possibilities and um, while keeping your 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 mind is pretty much set on that Rose Bowl parade, knowing that it's nationally televised, and then being at the game at our best. I mean, we just want to make sure that we're at our best to support the team as best we can, and um, everybody's really excited. So, as they say in Million Dollar Bandland and um, at the University of Alabama, this that was definitely a roll tide situation. Roll tide situation, absolutely, and and we talked about how excited they were. What about like what what they're going to be doing, like what the, the performances they're going to be taking part in? What what are y'all performing in the parade? Do you have tunes selected out? And then the, the second part to that question: Can you tell us about like the the halftime production that you get to you know perform um, during halftime? Being that we we've done a few parades this year, but a college band, you're not going to do a million parades every every fall. You might do a homecoming parade, which is all the only parade that we've done this year so far has been our own homecoming parade. Everything else has been um, ball game related or exhibition. Um, we did we were able to go to Bands of America um, and do an exhibition performance there. So that show, minus a couple of tunes to shave a little time off for the time allotment that we have at the Rose Bowl, will be the same show that we use for halftime. And that show, is, it's kind of just a, a radio show. It's, it's, it's Roll Tide Radio. Um, we have 
Um, it's fun. The athletic department here is phenomenal, and they do all of our soundscaping for us through the stadium speakers. We don't use like the speakers that you would traditionally hear in pageantry. They'll throw yeah. all of our sounds that we put within the show, and we have people up there, and we have people on the, the bottom with, with walkies that are timing that to make sure it still works. But it's just you're hearing radio frequencies and you're hearing the, the dial change and all of a sudden it's, it may be 45 seconds. It may be a minute of a tune, everything from, you know, you might have Billy Jean, you might have uh, post Malone, something real, you might have uh, friends in low places and, and just different <laughs> things like that. That's, it's a lot of fun, but it's, it's a show that was originally full of about 12 different tunes. And wow. this one will be about eight or nine. So, and then kind of like I was starting to talk about backing up to the parade situation, um, we have a pretty standard way of doing, um, and Trevor, you'll remember from being here, um, just we, we do our fight song, Yay Alabama, mm -hmm. we interject cadences, and we play Tusk, which is another very traditional tune that we play here, um, uh, alluding to the, the elephant and, and that sort of stuff, so both of those tunes will be back and forth. I think the TV time of the parade, we're probably just going to stick with our fight song. We felt like that would be the smartest thing to do, especially yeah. the games that day. You know, you gotta, you gotta make sure you're repping that fight song. So it's, ex it's exciting, but yeah, I mean, uh, we don't have a lot of time to practice. So we have to make sure that uh, luckily everything that I just mentioned, we played a ton and we repped a ton and practiced before the SEC championship, which was our last thing to do. So okay. it'll be pretty easy to get back with some reps, I believe. So it's good to hear you talk about performances and opportunities at the million dollar band and the students who are really, you know, and the band students who are really great supporters of, of like the athletic department, right. Along with the cheer and dance team and, the, the Crimson Nets, like they put in a lot of time to of their own time to make sure that, you know, they're very spirited all the time. And it's great to hear that they have a, a, a fair amount of performance opportunity. You know, we've seen these campaigns going around on social media about different bands kind of fighting for different times and not having a lot of time cut out of their pregame or halftime shows or one band does pregame and, and one band does halftime. It's good to hear that the, that the Rose, uh, that the Rose Bowl is letting both bands perform form you know a, a fair amount of their production so that's cool to hear yeah, I, I i agree I mean, you're right it's unfortunate that we're hearing a lot of that happening in, in some of these bowl games um due to you know different artists or or whatever the reasons might be um but we haven't ran into that the rose bowl wants both bands to play both pregame and halftime um, we had the same situation at the SEC championship both us and georgia were able to play both pregame and halftime actually did a combined um, national anthem with the Georgia band. Um, so um, we've been extremely fortunate um, uh, to get that kind of support. And um, I guess lucky that we didn't run into that with the, with the bowl game that we were chosen to go to. So uh, hats off to the CFP for, for those decisions for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, it's nice. I think the Rose Bowl uh, and probably also the SEC Championship, they actually like respect the tradition of of the whole event, not just like the marching band, but the football behind it and the colleges. I feel like a lot of different sort of other bowl games or maybe other entities lately have been getting away from the tradition of college football. But a program like uh, like Alabama has such a rich one. Yeah, I mean, it's 
it's interesting. I mean, you still have a lot of the NFL environment at the stadium. You still have the, you know, um, not necessarily the DJ, but you still have uh, music being played over the, over the, the sound system and whatnot. But we're, we still get our time at our own games. And then the games that we've gone to, um, SEC championship and um, what we're being told, which is the script that we've been given for the bowl game, has a ton of time for the bands built into play. So, um, yeah, I know it's it's starting to get different in different places. But, uh, again, I, I think we're fortunate and hats off to those making those decisions, um, wanting the bands to be a part of that environment, which is incredible, right? I mean, it's the only place you can really get that. You're not going to get it at NFL games you're going to get it in high school and college. And, and uh, you know, for somebody that's been to some pretty significant NFL games in my life, uh, I, don't, I don't know if, if the atmosphere and energy and environment can be really rivaled when it comes to some of these playoff games and definitely yeah. the, the national championship. So, Man, yeah, it's, we're very fortunate. The, the energy is, you know, you know, during my time in Alabama, all three years, I went – Two, three national championships. We uh, lost two and won one. And uh, just the energy, whether we won or lost, was always high level. You had to be on your A game, lots of focus. Yes, we had a lot of fun in those different places, but those are memories that I, you know, that I'm as a graduate assistant, you know, I'm always going to kind of carry with me. I'm sure the students um, are are living out their dreams being a part of the the million dollar band. So it's great to see that, you know, the, the, athletic program is still thriving at the band program um, and band and color guard crimson Nets are still thriving and are major supporters uh, of athletics there at the university. So that's, that's great to hear. We just talked about great leadership and decision-making by the CFP by allowing, you know, like bands like Alabama and, and Michigan, you know, to do like their um, performances. So I'm use as a transition of good leadership and decision making. You happen to work with an amazing leader and a great decision making. The the director of bands there at the University of Alabama, Dr. Ken Ozello, was one of my mentors and one of your friends and colleagues. Can you talk to us about Dr. Ozello and 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 his importance to the million dollar band and just to the to the profession, just um, as much as you want. Absolutely. And I'm glad you asked because I was going to make sure that I, I, I spoke about him anyway. Um, I'll be really honest. Um, having a colleague like uh, Dr. Canozello is um, one of the most fortunate things that have, has happened to me in, in my career. Um, being able to walk across, I mean, five feet to, to his office and, and him over here and us just collaborate and talk about any and everything from logistical planning to, you know, uh, conducting to music selections when it comes to the wind ensemble here, the symphonic band. Um, to me, uh, he's a phenomenal leader. He, he, he's always one of the things that I've learned from him is, is um, you know, we all are a little different. We have our personalities and I have my personality that is um, my, my head's pretty much down all the time and I'm, I'm just working. Like I'm constantly, if I'm at work, I'm constantly working and I might have some days that are good and bad, just like everybody, just like him. But you would never know what day is good or bad for him because he's very even kill. And that's one thing that I've learned a lot from him. But to me, I would say the thing that I wish everybody understood about that gentleman is 
every bit of drill that you still see from the Alabama Million Dollar Band. And people are constantly saying like, wow, you guys are playing some tempos that are outrageous for a multi-show, like multi-show per season band. Mm -hmm. And you're doing 190 openers and, and the drill looks really cool. Dr. Kenizello writes every bit of that drill. And he was one of the beta testers of Pyware. And, wow. and he writes all of that drill. <laughs> we all come up with the designs of the shows. Um, he has written an iconic pregame that um, I don't think anyone should ever touch for, for quite some time, if not ever, because of how iconic it is. So you have a gentleman that's doing that and, and just a great leader, always at rehearsal, he might be leading the rehearsal. I might be leading the rehearsal, but it doesn't matter. It's just a shared type microphone environment of everybody that's there helping with the band. It just kind of passed the mic around almost and, and everybody helping different reps, but that all could happen. And 30 minutes later rehearsal ends and he's going to get in a tux to conduct the nationally acclaimed Alabama wind ensemble. And you don't see that very much. And I think it is an incredible positive thing for him and for this university that the director of bands is that invested in every aspect of this band program. And it's taught me a lot. It's, mm -hmm. It has taught me a ton that, you know, it's, it's busy days because we're all thinking about everything from the concert bands to the honor bands. We're hosting an honor band tomorrow, a, a middle school honor band for two days tomorrow. So we're, we've been planning this middle school honor band. We've been planning this Rose Bowl. Um, both he and I have been planning our different programs for the spring for, with our respective bands. Um, but still the time to, you know, go to lunch every now and then and just talk about whatever and catch up on life and, and, and those, those sorts of things. So um, I've learned a tremendous amount from, from that man and, and, uh, I hope to continue to learn more for as long as, as, as we can, but it's pretty incredible and it's pretty unique. I think when you start looking at other, other bands of, of this size and, um, institutions of this size, it's a very unique situation and we're incredibly fortunate. Yeah. That resume is, is ridiculous. And I mean, that's hardly even a resume. That's his current things that he's involved in. Exactly. Absolutely. How long has he been with the program? He's been here since 1989. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I had figured when you said that he wrote the pregame that he must have been involved for quite some time now. So. Yeah. Yeah. He's been here. Um, he, he, he was here in 89. And, and I, I don't want to misspeak, but I think he became the marching band director and um, or the director of bands in, in, in maybe 2003, um, something like that. But um, yeah, it's... It's pretty incredible. Yeah, that's absolutely incredible. Hats off to him. So it's obviously a long season for a school like Alabama. You guys always have deep playoff ambitions. How do you keep students engaged for the entire length of that semester and then the, the period even beyond the semester where you're still in band? Yeah, I think, you know, time and and the the constant of that being a thing and and you know hats off to to coach Saban for making that a thing and making that an expected kind of end of our season 
and I say expected. I don't think he would like me to say that, but uh, we still appreciate it, and we're we're fortunate. Um, but uh, having that expectation that we might go as far as we we seem to regularly do, I think it just helps knowing that that's what happens here. You know, people just have that in their heads. However, I would say from a specific band standpoint, trying our best to program shows, to me, I've always, I want the hardest thing for us when it comes to programming a show to be the double-sided of, we've got to make this to where it's a football-friendly show, football crowd-friendly show. But just like you said, we want to keep these people engaged. So every show that we we do three or four shows a year, um, can we... Can we do some tempos? Can, like I said, can we have an opener that's at 190? Can we have a ballad that might be at 90 to 100, but we put a ton of body inside of that um, to, to where, you know, if you're if you're in pageantry, you're 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 constantly thinking about the um, multiple disciplinary, um, you know, juxtaposition of music versus visual and the vocab and that sort of stuff. And that's exactly what we're trying to give these members. Um, we want them to have something that, you know, I always say if it, if it works perfectly in the first rehearsal, we, it was way too easy, you mm-hmm. know, it was way too, way too easy, but trying to make sure that we challenge them enough, but also hit the other side of that coin when it comes to the football crowd, really, really enjoying it and loving it. And so far, I think we've done a really good job with that. But I think that helps a lot. It's just trying to make sure that they're challenged, um, trying to rehearse the exact same way all of the time and us be as consistent as possible. It's interesting when people come here from friends from drum corps or BOA and they'll come to a game. I don't know of a soul that hasn't come here and, and said something to us like, wow, like I would have never guessed that rehearsals were that locked down. And it's not that we're mean or anything like that, but that rehearsal was as efficient as any I've been to. And, and it's really cool to hear that because I think there's such a difference in collegiate bands when it comes mm-hmm. to how that kind of how that rehearsal atmosphere, uh, you know, either progresses throughout the season it might be just in general, but um, it's really fun. Um, it, it's it's fun to to constantly, you know, we're we're currently thinking about next year right now and thinking about okay, well, what else could we do both musically and visually, and getting that audience interaction almost and participation inside of the show is is I, I think that those design elements kind of help the students, you know, m- maintain their drive throughout the season um i also think you would be silly not to maintain your drive when you're on the campus of the university of alabama and the football team's right over there practicing every day like come on right there's a standard that's being maintained we see the press conferences we see how how locked in they are I, i think it would be silly not to uh at least take some of that and apply it to your own self um on maybe some of those bad days that you're having uh, or whatever. So, um, so it's an interesting time. It's a unique time around here. Um, and it has been for quite some time now. And again, I think we're incredibly fortunate and we need to learn from it so that, you know, everything comes and goes in waves, but you can learn from something and be as consistent as possible with what you learn from. So hopefully, 
hopefully that's the case. I, 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 I love that answer. You know, what kept me engaged there was the barbecue. That, that was some good, that was some good barbecue well, there. Yeah, I, didn't, I, mean, I didn't want to mention all that yet, but like, I mean, we can go down. That's another podcast in and of itself. Right <laughs> in this part, in this part of the, the show, when, you know, I say something funny, like Jeremy or somebody else will insert like the thing that we were talking about in the picture, like for the promo, like, so I'm oh, yeah. like eating like a rib or something. Or <laughs> into the screen. So Jeremy, if you hear me, that's where you insert the graphic. <laughs> Piece of barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So I mean, we we've had an opportunity to talk to you about, you know, how Ale- the million dollar band is a, is a hot ticket. I mean, you in the last couple of years, you've you the band has participated in Macy's. You've done you've done BOA. You're in these bowl games and playoffs. You march in the Rose the Rose Parade and going to the Rose Bowl. This is you have a chance to you know compete for another national championship. We talked about the show design. We talked about the great leadership of, you know, Dr. Ozello. We talked about you and, and your background. Maybe we can get to know know you a little bit more. I mean, we talked about, I think we wanted to circle back about, like, your drum corps experience. And, like, DCI, DCI is, a, is a big thing, and students love to be involved with it. Like, can you talk to us a little bit more about, like, your involvement with the drum corps, I guess? I'll let you and Steven kind of go back and forth. I grew up as a percussionist. And it's funny, I think 20 years ago, if you would have asked me, I was that person. If you would have asked me, like, do you want to be a band director? Absolutely not. I want to teach <laughs> percussion. Yeah. <laughs> and now my answer would be totally, I, 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 I would not want to take a percussion director position whatsoever now. And, and it's just, I love, I love, I have, well, some of my best friends are percussion directors and we've talked about that. And I said, I don't know what happened and why that changed, but I think it's a good lesson for me to think like, okay, well then when you're 60, you might be thinking totally differently than you are right now because it's already happened in my life. But, but I still love, and I have that, that, that passion for percussion. People always, you know, I'm a, I'm a band director and you can find me studying scores in this office constantly, but um, people will still see me playing with my fingers and, and uh-huh. doing different things. And, <laughs> out and, and, but so uh, the passion for that really started taking deep roots. Um, I marched 99 crown. I was a snare drummer okay. there and that was Paul Rennick and, and Sandy were there and Jeff Queen was a snare tech. That was my first year, year. I was 19 and I was at Southern Miss. And at that time, the Southern Miss drum line, we, I think we had 12 to 15 people that were in top 12 drum corps at that point. Oddly, it's just, just one of the, I say oddly, Dr. John Wooten at Southern Miss really helped um, push that um, culture. So uh, I did that audition uh, for the 2001, which was my age out year. So I kind of fast forward now, uh, 2001 audition for uh, Vanguard. And um, that's where I aged out in 01. I was a rook out at, at Vanguard as a snare drummer. That uh, was with uh, Jim Casella was was writing Jeff Huffman snare tech David Reeves battery tech and 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 around those guys and you know thinking about the people that I marched with and how influential they are today um, the people that I just mentioned but Carl Leppler Dustin Schletzer Jim Ragsdale you know uh, Brian Perez. They're just, it goes on and on. Um, there's just so many people in the, in the horn line as well. And in the color guard and on that design team, um, 
oddly enough, one of my one of my best friends and, and mentors to this day is Dean Westman, who I have now worked with before and 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 we still text almost weekly, if not more, but he was the brass arranger that year. Um so David Reeves, I've worked with him. Um so a great friend of mine now. But so I aged out in 01, uh, finished school in Mississippi, ended up moving out to Texas to teach for a while out of uh, undergrad, and then going back to Southern Miss for my uh, conducting uh, master's in both music ed and conducting. Um, but my assistantship was to teach the drumline there. But I was asked to help out at Troopers. That was the summer of 07. And if you back up from that, the summer in 04 and 05, I helped out with a little group that's now, they're, they're, they're coming back. But I say a little group, some pretty amazing people were in that group as well. But I helped out with Memphis Sound in the summer of 04 and 05. I was 24 and 25. So I was just kind of running around with the battery and, and maybe doing a little ensemble here and there. Funny story about that. I'm sure he'll, he might or might not ever hear this, but there used to be a kid in the hallway constantly playing on a drum pad. And to the to the point where some people would even kind of be making fun of it, like, will he ever stop? And that was 04 Memphis Sound, and that turned out to be Drew Guy, who was a phenomenal senior drummer um, that that in, in the activity. Wow. But um, so 07, 08 on the Troopers percussion staff, started doing a little ensemble work and, and going up a little bit in 08, um, 09 became percussion caption head. Um, that was the the first time that summer was the first time that core had been back in finals in like 23, something like that years. Something um, happened. And just to kind of go back, something special happened in, in 2007 with the troopers. Can you, you remember what happened? Yeah. So the, the troopers in 2006, the troopers uh, took the season off. Yeah. In 2007, um, there was a resurgence with the troopers, and um, it was in- interestingly enough. You had Dean Westman, Ralph Hardiman; those people were around, kind of heading up that drum corps, and that's the the team I had. And Trevor, I don't know if that's exactly what you were hinting at. Yeah, absolutely. I wasn't talking about us becoming best friends. I was talking about you know, <laughs> the resurgence of the drum corps. But also, when I met Trevor Bailey, which yeah, hey, uh, yeah. Yeah. He, he, actually saved, he actually saved my life that year too. Yeah, so. we're talking about a podcast in and of itself, right there. Anyway, <laughs> um, so bonus coverage became caption head, and I was uh, caption, percussion caption head, um, and just helping run the ensemble nine, ten, eleven, and twelve. And then uh, went to Clinton High School. Um, I was at, in two thousand nine. I was a percussion director at Clinton High School in Clinton, Mississippi. Um, they had never done really indoor anything. So we started indoor percussion, um, ended up in 2013. Uh, that group got second in a class in Dayton in 2014, they won open class in Dayton. And then 2015, they were world-class finalists. So it was fun watching that progression of the three different classes on those finalist nights and then having those, those accolades, and right after that, a friend of mine, Joe Hobbs, asked if I wanted to help out with the Cavaliers um, in 16. So between 16 and 18, helped out at Cavaliers. Um, just kind of tag teaming with Joe on and off the road. He was a percussion caption head at the time. So uh, that was a ton of fun and learned even more then because that was I was around some people that I hadn't really talked taught with or 
befriended. I might have known them, um, but uh, learned a ton from that that staff. And then, as of last year and this year, um, on the uh, kind of ensemble uh, team with Bluecoats, um, Ryan Kilgore heads that up, and so a yeah. small team of us that help run the ensemble. And then, about to do some stuff and jumping on board with uh, Academy being an ensemble. Um, they're kind of starting that same idea, uh, a little group of people that are helping just run the ensemble and have that in mind for the summer, um, but consulting with that uh, that as well. So, um, yeah, I, it's something that, you know, the older I get, the more I love being on a podium and I love studying scores and I love doing that. But uh, I, I hope that I never get tired of wanting to be around um, the pageantry that is drum corps and what I learned from that just holistically learn from other people and um, hopefully give back to those students the same excitement and, and energy that I got when I was their age. So uh, I, I hope that's something that, that stays with me for a while. Man, I, I, I love that. Like you, that, that you, you know, you climbed, you climbed the ladder as a performer, as a instructor, you know, as a consultant, ensemble specialist, and then you make sure that other students have the opportunity behind you, you know, that's I mean, that's that's what it's all about, you know, um, and, you know, those those groups were, were lucky to have you and the Blue Coats are lucky to, you know, have someone in the academy lucky to have someone in your talents. And man, it's 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 great to to have you in, in the activity. I, I love what the Blue Coats are doing. And and, you know, I think more drum corps need like the ensemble specialist people like in the room, you know, talking about what works and what doesn't work and what, you know, the members need to be focusing on in regards to uh, the musical book. And um, I'm just glad that that's a thing now. And I'm, I'm glad that you're involved with it. So. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Well, it's been great to meet you, man. You're, you're very interesting. You've got, you do a lot of great things at a very high level, which is, is very admirable. So hats okay. off to you, man. Good luck as you guys progress into uh, the college football playoff season here. Roll Tide, baby. Roll I've tie. never said that in my life, but I'll say yeah, it for you today. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. got it out of a Pennsylvania boy. <laughs> we've, uh, we've converted another one. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I'll be cheering yeah, for thanks you. For, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. This is a lot of fun. Um, and good luck to you all with this podcast. Um, I know that takes a lot of energy to to get this up and running number one and then just the sustainability aspect of it as well but i've already listened to a few and um some great interviews so uh, great job to you all and, and good luck in the future as well thank you very thank much you. all right we'll hop back out on the rehearsal field there trevor is about to start block so you better get out there we'll talk to you in a bit I'm Lexi Duda, and I'm the host of On a Water Break in Rhinestones. I've grown up a competitive baton twirler, winning numerous world titles, and now I'm a coach. I want to bring to you stories from twirlers from all over. So grab a water break, listen in, because you won't want to miss some of these incredible experiences these twirlers have had. All of this coming up and more on On a Water Break in Rhinestones. All right. 
Well, that was just a, a great interview. It was super awesome getting to talk to him and and just hear all those like different. I feel like the standard of of execution at, at Alabama is just so high for the football team, for the marching band, for everyone. Um, so it's just super cool getting to hear everything that they're up to over there. Did anyone else have to do marching band outside in December or sometimes January? COVID year in Texas mm. state marching band championship was this very day in 2020. Oh my God. And, but the weird thing is, is that we started the same time. We started August one. It was the season that I, would never end, but <laughs> we went all the way through December. It, I mean, it was fine because it was Texas. not like it's going to snow, but it was still, it was pr- still miserable. You know, you're putting up your and- Christmas tree and, practicing it, it still kind of gets cold at night down there right yeah for sure it does it was and just, usually rehearse at night mm-hmm. for high school marching yeah days, so yeah <laughs> it was just it was really long but our football state championships here it i don't think has happened yet or maybe it's this coming weekend and um so the marching bands they're still going it's still happening that see, I couldn't have done that when I was in high school. I did that in college, and it was frigid up there. I mean, I didn't even have the benefit of being in Texas. I was in central Pennsylvania. That's so. right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's right. It's not nice up there. Yeah, it's not great in Delaware either. <laughs> it's yeah, it's not going to be much better in Delaware than central PA. Yeah, especially when you're trying to wear, you know, twirling costumes aren't the most conservative sure yeah oh, i'd rather gosh, be I even thought about that. oh my gosh that's awful i'd rather be me in central pa i take it back <laughs> you, you can keep that in delaware and uniform mm. is so warm that like the nice old school their wool you know yeah no Not yeah it is spoilers. good for that <laughs> we did the thanksgiving day parade when i was in college and we had on like 15 layers and I bet. we like we didn't twirl in the parade at all because it was uh, probably like 11 degrees. Ooh. And then when it was TV time, we like ripped all of the layers off and twirled for two minutes. And then wow. we put everything back on. Were, were been, you like under adrenaline? Did you, or was it immediately you were like, okay, it's cold. I want to be back. Like, I think I probably had adrenaline going. So I was, I was in survival mode for about two minutes and 30 seconds. And then as soon as it was over, I was like, Oh my gosh, I need these layers back on my body. It's like an ice bath, like you did a twirling shock treatment or something. <laughs> you know it's brutal when you see uh, marching bands and you watch the color guards because their uniforms are never, <laughs> never December appropriate. No, and they're just, not. <laughs> and I think to myself, hmm, I wonder if he or she is cold. <laughs> Right, like it's cute in August, but is it still cute and warm in December? Probably. I want to say velvet will make you sweat in August, September, October, but but for some reason that does not hold up through November, December. Like, oh, velvet's warmer than the alternative, which is like lycra. But man, those costumes they get cold. What a good for nothing fabric. One arm, even one arm. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Right. One arm. Right. Nude on you to turn under, and it'll be fine. Well, just make one arm bare. Sure, why not? It's going to be so cute. <laughs> <laughs> 
So we all know that my favorite parade is the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. <laughs> uh, oh, but that is thing on the top of my... Yeah, I, you couldn't tell. Sorry. <laughs> Big secret here. Uh, but also on top of my list is local holiday parades. Like, we have uh, several here that we've participated in over the years. And, like, I, I just love it. I love parades so much. And, and you know, it's awesome to, like, get to see them and be part of, like, the community and come out and be part of the parade. Uh, I know, like, was it last year or the year before we did this? There's this huge one, this tiny little town um, north of here called Eminence, Missouri. And there it's really small. I don't think there's a thousand people in the town. Even there's like 500 people or something so small. And uh, the but they have a huge tourist draw in the summer, fall, winter. It doesn't matter. Like they don't really have an off season. They, they draw for different things. And it's just beautiful country out there. But they have this huge parade. I kid you not, there was probably 20,000 people. You know, you're Whoa. talking about, like, people don't go to parades. Well, this is one small town parade wow. they go to. It was packed. Those streets were absolutely packed with people. And, you know, and the town is all decked out. It, it looks like a Hallmark movie. You know, it, it's just like the town's all decked out with lights. And, you know, there's this huge parade going through town and there's these people and you just can't fit all the people because it's such a small, small town. Yeah. And, you know, you go, go through the square and you like go downtown and then you like cross the river on the bridge and stuff. And anyways, it's just. It sounds like a Hallmark movie. That is heavenly. <laughs> did you, did you find the love? Did you change careers? i mean that was like my last time you know teaching high school color guard i guess was doing parades for them it's a hallmark (laughs) wow i love that before i became a mom so you know there's that was kind of a career change okay now it's getting very hallmark actually (laughs) (laughs) you know my wife watches a lot of those hallmark christmas movies Mm mm-hmm why is it that there's always a cute guy who just moved in town? Oh, and yeah. Every <laughs> woman in town is after this new guy. Except the one woman who was really focused on her career, <laughs> but right. she and went home to visit her family. <laughs> <laughs> it's on my television right now. So if I look over the screen, <laughs> oh, that's what I'm looking at. And I'm watching, and it is, he is lovingly looking into her eyes, a big city doctor that's come home. <laughs> but so I'm all about one. it. That was actually filmed in Missouri, not far from me, that I just found out the other day. So if you ever look up, I think it's called A Holiday Vintage. It's one supposedly about them connecting over wines. That was filmed in Herman, Missouri. And that's not far from where I live. And it's seriously like, I love these little small towns. And I I love, like I said, I love parades and like all the, Mm -hmm. like the Christmas pre lighting ceremonies and stuff. And like getting to be a band in that parade when I was in high school. And then like, you know, continuing on through was like a huge dream come true of like young Jackie. <laughs> yes. I loved nice. the holiday parades when I was growing up. I grew up in a really small town in Kentucky, Beaverdam, Kentucky. And the Christmas parade was one of those things that everybody came out to. And yeah. you had your, you know, we won high school in our entire county and the band was was the deal in the parade. Yep. But you also <laughs> had every Girl Scout troop, every... Oh. You know, the homemakers and the ladies clubs and 
the county fair winners on the back of convertibles. Like it was a community event to come out to the parade. You didn't miss it. You didn't miss it. And there was a big chili cook-off that happened afterwards. So you did the whole parade and um, like a, I guess like a homemaker's bazaar, like people crocheted stuff and sold it. It was, it really kind of was that. a Hallmark movie now that I look back on that. I didn't think about it at that time, but pretty much, I mean, that's kind of as Hallmark movie as we got there. Where is there? Were there good-looking guys there? I mean, it can't be a Hallmark unless I mean, there's a good-looking man. It was two seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody who went to high school, Stephanie is just like, click, done listening to this podcast. <laughs> I do have one quick confessional. This is not about a parade, but we can we can hold it on the Hallmark movies here. This is my confessional. I have an app that lists every single Hallmark movie that has ever been made, and as I walk them, I check them off. So that one day I can say that I have watched them all Um, and I'm nowhere near, I'm like 5%. I've been doing this app for probably six years. So you've got some binging to do. Yes. Yes. So the next time I'm watching and there's a parade, I'm texting all of you all. So so be ready. And there's a parade in this this movie. (laughs) We just need, we just need to watch all the movies that have like the holiday parades in them and and make that a list. If you guys have ever seen the movie Tower Heist, it's a Ben Stiller movie. And uh, the the Macy's Great American Marching Band, I think Ron talked about it in last week's episode too, but the Macy's Great American Marching Band is in that episode, in, in that movie. The Thanksgiving Day Parade is in that movie. There's like a big scene that happens and they like drive through the band wow. and stuff. And they had to like put stunt doubles in, of course, for that. But Oh my uh, gosh, that's, that's really awesome. Cool. <laughs> I like Ben. Ben's my, my guy. It makes me laugh. <laughs> Job. He's awesome. <laughs> you need like a marching band version of a Hallmark movie. Someone needs to make oh. it happen. Ooh, what would the tropes be? I think it would have to be a color guard person and a drummer. Like, no, they would have to be like together, and they would have to be the ones that were like breaking up, and then right so the drummer or the trumpet player which that's one that's what i was thinking i was like go. is the drummer or the trumpet player the good guy or the bad guy one of them is too invested in their section and doesn't care about their color guard girlfriend but the other guy there is go. there and he's ready to care what if okay what it. if we really threw a wrench in it and it was like the football captain showed up and he was oh. the good guy Mm. That would that would be a spicy issue in the in the band world. <laughs> it sure would. I'd be like, I don't know if it would go over too well. <laughs> wow. And it all happens. It all goes down at the holiday parade. Like that's. I think that we could get funding. I think. Uh, <laughs> I'll, uh, Candace, I'll bring it up Candace with our Cameron? producer. <laughs> Is Candace Cameron the one who does all the? She does a bunch of Hallmark. I movies. think she got ousted. Now it's is it oh, Danica no. Geller? I think it's okay. uh, there was. Yeah, I think it's Danica Geller now. Okay, think, get her. Let's go. I think that's it. Come yeah. on, Danica. Get her contacts. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, surely, like six degrees of separation, right? Every everybody knows Kevin Bacon somehow. Okay, it is time for the news. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's exactly what I was hoping it would sound like. <laughs> well, that was, but that was our fake news intro, Stephen. It's going to only get better from here. Stephanie, 
You get to start us off today. What you got? All right. Well, I have West Boca High School. Their band and choir are going to perform at the Vatican. They're going to Rome. What? So they have uh, about 150 people that are traveling there. And this is a New Year's Day parade. So I think it's really cool that these fine arts um, people are going together, that you have not only the band, but also the choir and their chaperones. So maybe bringing that to Europe. I know we talk about, you know, international flair a lot. So so I'm excited to see when they come back. And it was funny, this news article that I was reading about was saying that um, the choir, they interviewed a choir kid who was more, when they asked her, like, really, what are you excited about? It was all based around food. <laughs> That's Which I was going to Rome is also what I would be the most excited about. Yeah. Would also be the food. I went to Italy in 2015 at the Baton Trolling World Championships. The food was by far the best part. The ins- <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I ate gelato a day. We were there for like two weeks. I probably consumed like 15 pounds of it. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. Well, that's pretty cool. I uh, I never got an opportunity like that. They're lucky uh, students. That sounds like a uh, trip of a lifetime. We'll have to tell Beth about that next time Beth's on the line. Oh, Beth's going to Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Woody has got a follow-up story that we've been kind of looking at for multiple episodes now. The follow-up story. I have to tell you, I I am very interested in the follow-up story only because I didn't hear anything about it. But what they're saying is Mr. Mims uh, has been suspended for 15 days without pay. That will start, uh, that started the 8th of December for those five days, the 11th of December for those four days of the week. And then when he comes back in January for another five days, that's Is he the band are. director? Yeah. I, I want to know about this because I heard he was tasered. I was shocked. I'm like, whew, no, tell he me was more. Shocked. Yes, he was shocked. Tell me more. Tell me more. I know it sounds I know it sounds stupid, but well I do stand up comedy also. And, uh-huh. and one of the things I love to watch is when you when they used to show people get tasered on the news and I would work it into my comedy bit and then you guys just come here and tell me about someone being ta- a band director being yeah. tasered. One of our own being tasered. Uh, there were videos of it floating around on the internet for weeks too. That was yeah. Crazy. Do you remember why he got tased, Jackie? Yeah, he was. So he his band was playing. They were having like a a, a band like like they're going back and forth. What do you, what do you call that? The a band battle basically after battle a- of the bands. Oh, yeah, yeah. And and the uh, and the the other band had like finished and wrapped up and like were leaving and the police were trying to clear the stadium and they that's right him stop it's coming back and he was like no we gotta finish our song and Mm -hmm. (sighs) 
Yeah, we've kind of gone back and forth on our podcast just as we get more information. Like we've gone back and forth about like about like what was it? Should he have been tased? Should he have stopped and listened to law enforcement? Like, but yeah, yeah, they tased him in front of his kids. So basically, you're saying he is returning to work now, though, right? They make a martyr out of them. Those kids are never going to stop playing. <laughs> right. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. I think that that sounds a little excessive. I'm, I'm missing some of the details as time goes on, but I feel like they didn't need to tase him. He probably should have stopped playing, but that's a little over the top. <laughs> <laughs> I'm well, probably going to say that the, the battle probably had everyone in a frenzy. Mm. So <laughs> yeah, he was inciting public yeah. uh, disturbance. <laughs> right. <laughs> Maybe he didn't need to get tased. <laughs> Apparently, the district agreed they suspended him for a while. So yeah, yeah, that's that was kind of interesting how the ruling all came out on it. Uh, Play not, tase not. Speaking of updates, Ashley, you got an update for us too this week, yeah. Yes, uh, I have a story that we've been following since it pretty much was announced last April. The Metallica competition um, for for marching bands—they were trying to see like which which band had the best Metallica show—and they've narrowed it down from 450 colleges and high schools down to five per Ooh. division. So in the collegiate division, they have. Like Auburn, Fresno State, Iowa State, University of Iowa, University of Texas at Austin, mm. Division two and three colleges, Blinn College, Eastern New Mexico, Manchester, West Texas A and M, Western Illinois, um, and there's five different small high schools, medium high schools, and large high schools. One of the small ones is actually a a guard closet client. So that's pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. Which one? It is Oakton high school from Vienna, Virginia. Ooh. Okay. You know, this would now answer the riddle that I've had all fall. Why is so many bands playing Metallica? I didn't know about the contest. Why is this happening? Well, what's the now what's I the know. prize? Thank They're, you. The prize mm-hmm. for Division One college is seventy five thousand dollars. Okay. Division two and three is forty thousand, and Ooh. all the high schools are fifteen thousand each. Okay, wow. so they're getting money so for some their pretty program. high stakes. Yeah, a yeah. mm-hmm. thousand is enough, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> really. I could be that much to do band. <laughs> already enticing to do, anyways. Yeah, for sure. Wow, that's great. So I want to know how much money these bands are competing for who keep doing the pirate-themed shows. (laughs) (laughs) Zero dollars, Jackie. Zero dollars. Seriously, it was a a joke for a minute that, that, that I was like, I was like, oh, I've noticed a lot of bands doing pirate shows. And this was literally probably the the season I got hired on at guard closet. I was like, Oh, it's, it's kind of funny. There's a lot of bands doing pirate shows. And then every year there's a lot of bands Probably doing like pirates. One of the <laughs> years that pirates of the Caribbean came out or something, but it hasn't stopped. <laughs> yeah. You haven't heard about the annual competition. 
<laughs> the, the biennial um, <laughs> marching pirates summit. There's been 10 Pirates of the Caribbean movies and they've come out every year. You haven't seen them? <laughs> oh, wow. well, Steven. Steven, what do you got for us? This is a quick one. This one's a shout out. I know Lady Gaga, you listen. She's a big fan of On a Water Break. Apparently... And uh, Tennessee High School marching band, they want Lady Gaga to notice them this Christmas year. Uh, they are asking us to share it on social media. Everybody needs to tag at Lady Gaga uh, because the Cascade High School marching band's field show this year featured all Lady Gaga music, all in some Lady Gaga style uh, outfits, like uh, some deep hot pinks, some other types of like pop star looking outfits. Were they uh, dressed in meat? Because that's the only way that I know oh, Lady Gaga. <laughs> I think for the ballad, there was a uniform change. And, uh, <laughs> they put their meat costumes on over it. That's when they, they their, put uh, the meat on. <laughs> <laughs> They're the Cascade Marching Band. I only, the article shares a Facebook post, so it just says Cascade Marching Band. But it's from uh, Bell Buckle, Tennessee, I suppose. They say they had a blast. It went pretty well for them. They uh, came in second place as Division Two bands in the state of Tennessee. So yeah, Lady Gaga, you should uh, shout them out um, and probably go to their rehearsal. They'd probably like that. So. <laughs> oh man, could you even imagine? Maybe she'd do that for us because... Oh, we, I found the post. Nicely. Okay, we'll have to share it, and I'll just I'll tag some of my friends and see. Maybe she'll get a gush and go with them. Yeah, we should get a gush and go <laughs> from right. Lady Gaga. A quick one. <laughs> That's right. The things you talk about are on the, on the water break, you know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Stephanie. Yeah. So this wrap was, us this was sure this one was new to me. Um, and as I started researching, I figured out why. So um, our HBCU bands, so much fun to watch, so entertaining. They have a national championship that's taking place. And I kept thinking, I didn't know this was a thing, but this is because it's the very first one. So all of our bowl okay. games, all of that has been decided. The bowl game that is in Atlanta in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium is the cricket celebration bowl i think that's like cricket the phone yeah, not cricket, cricket the animal cricket <laughs> the bugs it's not sponsored by the bugs <laughs> <laughs> not jiminy not that it's the phone so anyway they're having an hbcu national championship the night before the bowl game which i think is really cool that's and cool, so yeah. And I just think that's so cool. I didn't, I, I guess I never really thought that they didn't have that. But, um, so they're wanting to establish a competitive platform for these HBCU marching bands. And they want to crown a season champion of not only just Division One but also their Division Two bands. So, really cool combination of sports and music. And ESPN picked it up and is going to put rankings on their site in seasons to come so you can not only follow along with your favorite this kind of goes along with what we're talking about tonight with college football but you can't you know you find your favorite hbcu team and then you find how's their band ranked <laughs> football in one column and band in the other so i think that's really a really cool thing that's gonna that's gonna happen so i'm definitely gonna tune in i want to see who wins 
Yeah, that's really cool. I feel like uh, it like kind of popped up over nowhere the last year. I feel like they mm-hmm. exploded in popularity. Yeah. That's uh, right. The whole show band type of world yeah. is really blowing up. So that's right. So good that's for them. Cool. Good luck. Mm-hmm. If you live yeah. in the metro Philadelphia area, uh, that's not a thing. No, yeah, (laughs) you can do DCA. Yeah, that's right, DCA. You have the mummers. The mummers. No, we have the mummers. We have the mummers. (laughs) It's a trade-off. It's a trade-off. It is a trade-off. It is. (laughs) All right, everybody. Thank you so much for a great rehearsal this week. Thank you to our hosts, Stephen, Ashley, and Stephanie. Welcome, Woody, to our hosting team. I am so glad you're here. Yeah, welcome. There you go. Summoned it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, see you soon. Go subscribe, write us a review, share this episode with a friend, share our show with a friend. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media at On A Water Break. And we'll see you at the next rehearsal on A Water Break. Go practice. On a Water Break podcast was produced by Jeremy Williams and Christine Reed. The intro and outro music was produced by Josh Lida. To learn more, visit lidamusic.com. And until next time, thanks for tuning in.